starting with verse 1, Second Chronicles chapter 20. great things God wants you guys to do. Amen. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. Second Chronicles chapter 20, third verse 1. And it came to pass. Amen. That is something when things start coming to pass. We could preach from right there. It came to pass. And it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them others beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, said, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea of this side, Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazontamar, which is in Gedai. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of the, all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah in Jerusalem and the house of the Lord before the new court. That is one day in your court. Amen. And said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gave it to thy seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwell therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, if, when evil come upon us as the sword, the judgments and pestilence or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, anybody, the temple of God, and cry unto thee in our afflictions, then thou wilt hear and help. And now, behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade, when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to pass us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no mind against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then came Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jeel, the son of Mattaniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Zig, 
and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerel, and shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Korahites and the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord for His mercy and do it forever. Amen. Praise the Lord for His mercy and do it forever. And I want to talk to you this afternoon from this thought. Amen. Helping others win the victory through your words. Helping others win the victory through your words. Amen. God, again, we thank you. Thank you so much, Lord, for your grace. Thank you so much for your kindness. Thank you for your love and kindness towards us. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today, O God. We thank you, Lord, for the songs that has been sung. We thank you for your mercy, your long-suffering, God, and everything that you do. Words can never express enough thanks, God, for your kindness and love towards us. And we give you glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated, amen. Helping others win the victory through your words, amen. Have you ever said something and then all of a sudden you realize it wasn't just the right way it should have been said and you wish you could retract those words back, amen, hallelujah. Well, one of the things about our words, if we're not careful, we can either destroy or we can build up. We can put wounds in the people that will last for a lifetime. Amen. And I'm sure most people today can look back over their lives and realize there were things said to them or words that was used against them that they can still recall those words. And, they, and sometimes they think about those words and those words can hurt. Amen. Solomon lets us know in Proverbs 25:11 that word fitly spoken it's like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. The psalmist goes on and tells us in Psalms 119, 103, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Amen. So our words, amen, is so very important. And it's through those words that we can use to build up or we can use to tear down. Amen. Solomon goes on and tells us in Proverbs 18, 21, that both death and life, or in the power of the tongue. Amen. So in other words, we can make ourselves alive. 
or we can kill ourselves by our own words. Amen. I hear people a lot of times begin to say, I'm not good enough. Amen. And I can't do this. So what you're really doing is you're killing yourself before you ever try. Amen. You need to be able to build yourself up on your words. Amen. The world is spewing out so much evil and venom today against everything. Profanity seems to have come on front stage. I hear two-year-olds and three-year-olds cursing and swearing like uh, the old saying, like a sailor. Amen. They're cursing. Amen. They're using, not realizing that the words that they're using are destroying their lives. Amen. And if we're not careful, we can allow allow those same words to infiltrate into our hearts and into our minds and get into our souls. And as a result, we can allow these same negativism to come into the church and to begin to begin to be critical and begin to find falling, begin to use words that can destroy instead of words to build up, not realizing that the church is more of a hospital than it is anything else. And the church is designed to heal and to deliver and to set free because most people come to church, amen, a lot of times they're going to be carrying some issue or some burden and as a result, these things can weigh them down and can begin to hinder their progression and their moving forth in the things of God. And so those of us who has the Spirit of God should be able to use words that will edify and to build up and to cause people to realize that they can be victorious in Christ Jesus. Jesus lets us know that if we go forth, amen, that we will baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, you know, they will speak with new tongues. I understand that this means being filled with the Holy Ghost, but if I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, then my words should be of edification. Jesus had no guile or evil inside of him. And so if the Spirit of God is inside of me, then my words that I choose should be words of edification and edifying and not tearing down and, and, and destroying. Amen. Paul goes on in Hebrews 6. He says, Beloved, I am persuaded of better things of you and things that accompany salvation, though we do speak. Amen. Negativism did not come with your salvation. You need to realize that. Amen. If you still have negative things in your heart, it is not of Christ. You need to... Get at the next altar chain and get rid of that stuff out of you. Amen. We need to realize that our words can build up of our words can turn out. If you're a nag of your husband or wife, you're on the wrecking crew. If you scream and yell at your children, you're on the wrecking crew. If you can't find anything good to say about people, you're on the wrecking crew. If your testimony is always about what the devil is doing and not what God is doing, you're on the wrecking crew. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't give the enemy any credit for anything that's going on. <laughs> I'm giving God the credit because all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the call according 
to his purpose. Amen. So I'm going to get off at the next train step at the altar. Amen. And get rid of that junk out of my life. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. When you see the scripture today, amen, we notice, amen, that uh, all of a sudden Israel and Judah is doing what they're supposed to be doing, what is right. And then all of a sudden here comes the enemies. Ammon and Moab begins to come out against them. And Jehoshaphat is told that they're coming out against them. He realized that he has no might or power against the multitude that is coming against him. Now, it would have been easy for Jehoshaphat to begin to fear. It would have been easy for him to begin to use words of negativism and turn to his people and say, you better do something about it because they're going to kill us. But no, let me give you three quick points today that help you overcome things that are coming into your life. Amen. Number one is prayer. Amen. Number two is prophecy. And number three is praise. Amen. Prayer, prophecy, and praise. Amen. If you notice in Second Chronicles 20, verse 5 through 9, as soon as they told Jehoshaphat that the enemy was coming out against them, the Scripture says, and Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem and the house of Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art now thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, who did drive out all the inhabitants of the land before thy people Israel, and gave it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever. And they dwelled therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name's sake, saying, If when evil come upon us as the sword, the judgments of the pestilence or the famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction then thou will hear and help. Notice what he did. He did not go into some corner. He did not go into some room and hide himself. He got right in the midst of the congregation of the people. Amen. Because he knew that his words was words that needed to be heard to bring about victory and prayer. Amen. Sometimes it's okay to get by yourself in prayer. But there's other times that you need to get right in the mix of the congregation and began to pray aloud to call out to God. He didn't begin by starting his prayer, Brother Wayne, by saying, God, look here. God, we don't know what you're going to do. God, no. He began to worship God. He began to exalt God. He began to acknowledge God for who he was. Amen. And that's what our prayers has got to be. It's time to worship God. It is time to tell him who He really is. He is the Almighty God. He is the bread of life. He is the comforter. He is the door. He is the everlasting life. He is the Father. Amen. And as He began to worship God, Amen, it brought about an inspiring to the people. As you worship God in your prayer, as you begin to talk to God, you don't have to worry about the problem. God already knows what the problem is. He already knows what the situation is. If I'm sick in my body, then my prayer in the mix of the congregation should be, God, you're my healer. God, there's nothing, amen, impossible for you, amen. 
Your stripes was taken for my healing. Amen. If my kids are in trouble, I need to be able to stand in the middle of the congregation and say, God, you are the lawyer in the courtroom. God, you know everything that is facing my child today. You said that the earth is the Lord's eye and the fullness thereof. God is all in your hand. Hallelujah. We need to be able to stand in the mix and to testify of what God is doing. Amen. Our prayers. Amen. Jesus says when they ask them, Lord, teach us to pray. He says when you pray, you say our Father, you begin by worship. You begin by praise. Amen. You acknowledge me for who I am to start with. Amen. Don't worry about anything else in the mix. As you pray, amen, I will begin to raise up a standard against what you're going through when you acknowledge me as quickly as you can. Amen. He is your shelter in the storm. You don't have to worry about the wind blowing. You don't have to worry about the waves. He is the comer of the sea. He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. Hallelujah. Praise God. So Jehoshaphat began by praising. He says, Lord, God of our fathers, are not you the God of heaven? Amen. In other words, he says, look here, God. I don't know anybody else but you. There's no other God like you. There's none that can do. You gave us this. You're the one that brought them here. Amen. He was just acknowledging what God has done. And that's what God desires. Whoso offered praise glorifieth me. And to him that order his conversation right will I show the salvation of God. Amen. We just need to hold God to his promises. Amen. And that begins by worshiping him, telling him, amen, God, I know that you're able. God, I know that you're God. Amen. I'm committing myself to you because I know there's nothing impossible for you to do, God. So our prayer is essential, amen, to worshiping God. Amen. And we We need to do it sometimes in the mix of the congregation. And we don't need our prayers to be about how bad things is. We need to be about how good things is. Amen. Praise God. And as Jehoshaphat prayed, and he says at the end, he says, well, our eyes is on you. And notice how God responds. Verse 14 through 18. And so when Jehoshaphat had finished praying, God moved upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benil, the son of Jehiel, the son of Metaniel, Levite of the son of Aphesus, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours. So in other words, God is saying, don't worry about the small stuff. 
this ain't your battle. This is my battle. So God says, be not afraid nor dismayed for the great multitude. For the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Zig, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jerel. And you shall not need to fight in the battle. Notice now what he says. You shall not need to fight in the battle. Set yourself. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping God. Amen. Here's the spirit of prophecy. Amen. The spirit came into the camp now because Jehoshaphat, the leader, was not afraid to pray in the mix of the congregation. And here's the prophecy. It becomes, God says, don't be dismayed. Don't be discouraged because it's not your battle. It's my battle. Amen. So tomorrow, God says, you get up, you go down, and you set your yourself. You see, you set yourself. That is your position. And he says, stand ye still. This is your posture. And he says, and see, this is your perspective. So God says, go down. Get in position. Amen. If you want to see me fight, uh, get yourself in the position. The reason God hasn't fought some of your battles for you, you're out of position. You've got to get in position. The offense can't run the play. Until all the players are in position. You've got to get in position and be firm and steadfast in the things of God. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. I've got to get myself in the position. I can't be running all over the place. I can't be finding excuses why I can't be there. I've got to get in position. God won't work for me until I get in position. I've got to be firm. I've got to be steadfast. I've got to be unmovable. I've got to stand strong in the things of God. I've got to set myself and wait and see what God is going to do in my life. Set yourself, he said. Get in position and watch and see what I will do for you. Amen. Get in position. You don't jump all over the place. I don't care if there ain't but two people here. If God told you to be at this church, this is your position. You stand firm. You stand still. I don't care if there's no musicians. I don't care if nobody's worshiping God at all. If God says, go there, you go there, you position yourself, and you wait on God. Amen. You get yourself in the position. Don't be dismayed. This is what God is saying. Don't you be discouraged. Amen. I am is my battle. It's not your battle. Amen. Don't try to take matters into your own hands. If you want to jump all over the place, go right ahead. But I promise you, God will never fight for you as long as you live. Because you're out of position. Get in position. Amen. 
There's no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you and judgment you shall condemn. So God says, be not dismayed. Don't worry about that. all the people you see. Don't worry about how big the problem is. Don't worry about how big the giant is. Don't worry about any of that. It's not your battle. It's my battle. I'm on the lead. I am the king. I am the Lord of hosts. I know the strategy. I know the plan that I know. He said in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think towards you to give you an expected end. Amen. So it's not my battle, Brother Hulk. Why am I worrying about it? Just position yourself. And notice what he says. Stand still. That's my posture. Get firm. Get your feet on the rock. When the devil comes knocking, try to show your easier way. I stand right flat on my feet. I throw my head in the air. I look him straight in the eye. I say my foot is on the rock and my mind is made up. David says my heart is fixed. My heart is fixed, oh God. I will arise early and I will give praise. Wake up, Psalm Street. Wake up, Harp. Amen. Get up early. Amen. And get in position and stand still and see the salvation of God. When you have done all you can do to stand, Paul says, stand therefore, having your loins skirted about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the gospel of the preparation of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching there too for all saints and for me, that I may open my mouth to make known the mystery of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to stand still. Paul told the church of Galatia, stand fast in the liberty wherein Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We've got to stand. So God says, stand. Get in the position. And then he says, and you will see the perspective. What do you see? What do you see? The Lord asked Amos, says, what do you see, Amos? So I see a bunch of figs. What do you see? When Elijah got in the position, because it hadn't rained for three and a half years, he had to first get into position. And after he got into position, he said to his servant, Gizaziah, he says, go look, amen, in the cloud and see, in the, in the sky and see what you see. Look eastward. And he looked. He didn't see anything. He came back. He says, Master, I don't see anything. He said, go again. He went and he looked again. He came back and said, I don't see anything. He said, well, go seven.
seven times. And at the seventh time, Gehazi, I came back. And he says, Master, I see the cloud about the size of a man's hand. Because Elijah was in position. He was set. Now the vision, the perspective of what was getting ready to happen was now revealed. And Gehazi and I came back and said, I see a cloud about the size of the man's hand. Elijah says to Ahab, get you down, for I hear abundance of rain. And it began to rain. It began to pour. Amen. You've got to have the perspective of what God is getting ready to do. But you can't see it if you're not in position. You can't see what God is getting ready to do if you're not standing firm on truth. If you're not standing firm on the Word of God, you'll never see what God is getting ready to do in your life. The little slave girl says to Naaman, she says, boy, I sure wish my master was in Samaria. God would heal them. Amen. She was in position. He said, wait a minute, she's a slave girl. Still, she was still in position. Because she could call her enemy her master. She was standing on what she knew. Notice, even though she was a slave, she was in position as a slave, but she was standing on truth. She says, I would to God that my master was in Samaria because the prophets would heal them there. Amen. I want you to understand what this girl is saying. She says, I know a God. I know a God that's able to heal. I know a God that's able to deliver. I know a God that's able to set him free. But he's got to go to Samaria. She was looking. She could see what would happen if he would just go to Samaria. Sometimes, Sister Sue, we've got to be able to see out there what God is going to do. I know my Redeemer liveth, Job says, and he's going to stand in the latter days upon the earth. And after the skin worms has ate this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. I shall see him for myself and not another. What is God trying to show you out there? What does God want you to see? Get in position. Stand firm and you'll be able. But Naaman couldn't get healed until he got in position. He went down there and he was thinking about his own ways of doing business. And because he thought he was a, a mighty warrior, that he could do it his way. But Elijah says, no, no. You go dip seven times in the Jordan River and you shall come forth clean. He had to get in position. He wanted to walk away. But he'd have walked away with the same leprosy. But once he got in position, God healed. You've got to get in position if you want to see what God is going to do. Stand ye in the old paths. And says, where 
is the good old way and walked her in. You got to get in position. Amen. Amen. The Word of God is so filled with encouragement and strength for us. Amen. To try to show us, to encourage us through our words. This is why faith comes by hearing that. And it comes by hearing the Word of God. When David penned Psalms 23, he didn't just pen it to be quoted someday at a funeral service because you're going through bereavement. He wanted you to have that every day. He wanted you to understand that the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want. He makes you to lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside the still water. You don't need to just quote that on when you're dead or when you're at a funeral. You need to hold and cling to that on a day-to-day basis. That's a word of prophecy from God's Word. Amen. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against them. That's a word of prophecy for you to hold on to and wait and see what God will do. When Paul says, who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, nakedness, peril, or sword? He says, no, for our sake, amen, we're killed all the day long. He says, we're more than conquerors through him that love us. For I am persuaded neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. God says, Get yourself. Stand still and see the salvation of God. My perspective. What am I looking for God to do? What do I want God to see God do in my life? But what I want to see happen, I've got to set myself. I've got to position myself. Do you know why God wants you to see? See, if you skip church, I can tell you all day long how good the service is. I can tell you all the great things God did. It ain't going to mean a hill of beans. Because you wasn't there. But if you saw it for yourself, there will be no doubt in your mind what God did. See? That's why you got to set yourself. That's why God told him, he says, tomorrow go out and set yourself and stand still and see the salvation of God. It would have been easy for a few of them to go out there and to come back, amen, and say, man, we saw it. Look, 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 look at all the spoil. Look at everything. Just no. You go set yourself and you see. It's not your battle. It's fine. Amen. God wants you to see. They overcame the enemy by the word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. If you've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you've got the blood of Jesus applied to your life. Now you need a testimony of what God has did for you and your life. 
So when there's no doubt in your mind that you know what God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all you could ever ask or think, if you don't have a testimony, it'll be easy for you to run around like a chicken with your head cut off. Amen. But there should be something in your life as a child of God that you have prayed for, that you have called to God for. And because you are firmly steadfast and unmovable, you have seen what God has done for you. And God's Word is forever established. If God never do another thing before me this boy in his life, I'm here to tell you, when that truck flipped three times and I walked away, that's my testimony of God saving and delivering and delivering power. And there's nothing impossible for if he never does anything else for me, Brother Hawk. That's good enough. You don't have to show me any more to believe. I'm a believer that His hand will protect me. You see, God wants us to see, amen, what He's able to do. This is why Peter says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fire trials, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. He says, But rejoice. And that you are becoming a partaker of Christ's suffering. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you because the spirit and glory of God rests upon you. Amen. Think about it. Amen. What do you want to see God do? Position yourself. Commit yourself. Amen. Isn't it amazing the word commitment and faith and obedience only have one eye in it? <laughs> I always do that. I always look for words that have just one eye in it. That's not going to be there. But we can overcome through our words. Amen. And this is what God wants us to see more than anything. Amen. And when Jehoshaphat prayed and when God spoke, notice what Jehoshaphat did. They got up early. The next morning. It's not your battle for what? It's not early for it. Right? Maybe that's why. Notice, notice. He says, it's not your battle, it's my battle. But they got up early. And they ain't got to do a thing. I tell you, when I was in the Army and was coming PCS time, I was ready to go. I got ready to come from the war, I was ready to go. I didn't sleep all night. I was up early. I was, I was ready to go. I had my bag ready to go. Amen. Shouldn't we be ready for the coming of the Lord? Should we have our bags ready? Aren't we looking for that city which has foundation, whose builder and maker is God? Should we not get up early and might say, well, this might be the day that Jesus is coming for the church. I think I'll be there early just in case. He's coming early. I'm ready to go. Amen. Have my bag set. Ready to get out of here. Amen. Hallelujah. So they got up early. Early. And they says, Well, God says, Go set yourself. So might as well go set and so notice what he did. Jehoshaphat appointed singers. He didn't
didn't say, okay, everybody's going to sing. No, he appointed singers to sing praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever. See, he didn't want you singing, I'm coming up the rough side of the mountain. I'm trying my best to make it in. He wanted you to sing, praise the Lord, for his mercy and do it forever. He didn't want you to sing, old blue just ran away from home. Amen. He wanted you to sing, amen, praise the Lord, for his mercy and do it forever. He didn't want you to sing, raindrops keep falling on my head. Amen. No, he wanted you to sing, praise the Lord, for his mercy and do it forever. You've been in church service just like I have, and the choir is singing one thing, somebody else over here is singing something else. That brings disunity. God says, no. Jehoshaphat says, no. I'm pointing singers, and they're going to sing, praise the Lord for his mercy, and do it forever. And when they came out the gate, notice what Jehoshaphat began to say to them. He says, be of good courage. Amen. He began to talk to them, and he began to say to them, Amen. Let me read it to you again here real quick. Amen. What he told them. Second Chronicles. Amen. Chapter 20. You beat me to it, sweetie. You put it up there for me. Amen. After they rose up early in the morning and went forth to the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever. Can you imagine your enemies when you begin to just walk knowing that you've got all this stuff coming against you and you can still say praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever. And when they begin to praise the Lord for his mercy and do it forever God sent an ambushment. Amen. And God destroyed them. Amen. And when it was all done, do you know why God wanted all of them to go down there? They will be so much spoiled that they needed to pick up. So just a few ain't going to be able to just pick up all the stuff that is out there. So God wanted them to all have something to realize as a witness from their enemies of what he had done. And it took them three days to clean up the battlefield. Amen. You might say, well, I wouldn't have picked up a thing. Yes, you would have. Gold watches, Rolex, <laughs> you know, whatever. You would have got something. You would have picked up something off the battlefield 
I mean, you come to my house, you're going to see some stuff in my house that I picked up off the battlefield. You know why? Because I want my children to understand of what God did, how he destroyed my enemies. Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm always going to keep something to share with them what God has done. This is why the Bible says one generation shall declare the next generation the goodness of the Lord. This is why, amen, some families pass down their Bibles that their father and their mother had because they want them because some parents write out in the margin what God did for them. And as a result, someday their great-great-great-grandchildren might pick up that Bible and begin to see what God did for their great-great-great-grandmother a long time ago and expire their faith and believe and trust an almighty God. So God says, get up and go down and set yourself and stand and see the salvation of God. As Moses told the children of Israel, he says, go forth because the enemy you see today, you won't see them again no more because this is God's battle. Amen. And I want you to know, you don't have to fear nor be dismayed. No matter how bleak it looks in your life, no matter how bad things might seem right now on your doorstep, I want you to stand still and see the salvation of God. Set yourself. Get in position. Wait on the Lord. This is why the psalmist says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Amen. Teach me, Lord, how to wait. Isn't it amazing? There are so many psalms that's filled with those words. Be of good courage. Wait on the Lord. Stand still and see the salvation of God. Amen. They're trying to let us get into our hearts to realize, position yourself. Stand your posture and see what God will do for you. Amen. So we can help others with our words of victory. We can speak victory in people's lives. And that's what King Jehoshaphat did through his prayer, through the prophecy of God's word, and through his praise. That's why those old songs are so good. Amen. For us to praise the Lord. Because it can bring about a change. So when you're walking in your house, no matter what you got going on in your life, amen, sing of the goodness of God and see the salvation of God. Let's stand this morning. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't know what you're facing in your life today, and I don't know what you're going through. But I want you to be encouraged today. I want to encourage you to set yourself. Get in position. Ask yourself, ask God, God, am I out of position? Am I not where I'm supposed to be? You know, if you're supposed to be at another church and that's where the position God has told you to be, then that might be where you need to be. I don't know. That's between you and Him. But if he's told you that this is the place you are to be, then you need to get in position. You need to get firmly rooted and grounded in this place if you're going to see 
what God is going to do for you and your life. Amen. Praise God. If your words have been nothing but negative, if every other word comes out of your mouth is negative, you're a screamer, a holler, a bickerer, or whatever, amen. Let me encourage you today, my friends and sisters and brothers, go to the altar and get off that train and get on the good train of edification and lifting up and building up. Because as the world gets more worse and worse, you're going to need to be a light to lift up, to encourage, and to build up. Amen. Not only yourself, but others as well. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to sing this old song out of this old book. Amen. I'm going to sing it a cappella. Ain't that something? <laughs> Praise God. If you want to come and pray, you can. Amen. Hallelujah. For the Bible tells me so, little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. For the Bible tells me so.